Hey, how's it going? Well, how's it going with you? Doing very well. How about yourself? Eh, you know, not so bad. So, so what's the drink of the day? The Revolver. It's a cocktail I had <clears throat> around uh, Valentine's Day. Maker's Mark, Orange Bitters, Kahlua. Fucking good, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Um, and the and the orange, the orange has to have a bit of flame put to it. Yeah, I, I didn't have an orange, so you had to torch your own or, your own orange peel. It went good. It went good. You could see the oils lighting up on it after a bit. Yeah, yeah. I well, gave it a good. You're supposed I gave to give it a good it... scalding. <laughs> Would you use a uh, cigar torch lighter? Yeah, I used my cigar torch lighter, three burner. Nice. So, you guys had some cigars yesterday without me. What'd you have? Well, what we had yesterday, we had some uh, Nicaraguan cigars that uh, my brother had. And we also had some Alec Bradley Magic Toast cigars. And another one of my favorite cigars is a... La Gloria Cubana Series R. Never heard of it. It is a darker shade, a darker leaf cigar. Those are my favorites. I like the darker leaves. I feel you get a better, I don't know what the word for it is. Anytime I've had a darker leaf, I get it like a rush. Like a, like um, when I had the dark leaf Don Tomas in Aruba, I got dizzy, but it was an awesome dizziness. Do you get that from those? Maybe uh, yeah. yeah. See, it has more flavor to it, but uh, we we enjoyed it. We had a good old time, and um, apparently, my my cigar keeping, my acrylic humidor, uh, keeps the cigars quite nice. It's uh, not fancy like a wooden box, but oh, like this one, it keeps them it keeps <laughs> them sealed up. Yeah. Keeps them nice and sealed. So we had ourselves a few cigars, and we had a good old time. I got, as you can see, I got a faux leather box. Ah, got it for thirty bucks on Amazon, and it's uh, these gel tubes suck, so it hasn't really gone up much. Yeah, I got my Cuban from Aruba and two uh, Liga Privadas, number nine. Well. I have these Bovita bags. I have the 72% 60 gram two-way humidity control. So this is basically a humidor keeper that's going to do the job itself. And I've had this in there probably seven or eight months or so. And as long as it still has liquid in it, as long as it's not completely hardened or, or dried up, it's still doing its job. It's not bad. So, I, I, got, I got this acrylic humidor on Amazon. It has a cedar, it has a cedar base to it, just a piece of cedar on the bottom. And I'll take that humidor liquid and I'll just put a few drops onto that cedar and let it sit. That's cool. Yeah, I've, but, I've read that uh, you can rub down the inside of a humidor with a wet paper towel, season it, or put a shot glass full of water in it for three days. I didn't do that. Steve had a Drew Estate 
cigar that Matthew recommended. Um, very nice cigar. Was it the Crazy but, Alice? I want to try those. No, we didn't have any on hand. But the, um, you know, in, in, in Mass, you can't get any kind of flavored cigars. They ban flavored tobacco. So flavored cigars, whether they be flavored or infused, got banned. So it's a shame, but what are you going to do? Fucking so stupid. the Gloria Cubana, though, I really like that cigar. And it's not flavored or anything. It's just a normal cigar. If you ever want anything i can run over you know two minutes away from a good cigar shop in new hampshire and grab you whatever you want yeah and no one's gonna stop me nope <laughs> you know what this year i'm gonna get fireworks too they can fuck off not me i'm not a supporter of fireworks i've seen what happens when they're used irresponsibly irresponsibly is the only way to use them <laughs> <laughs> right to the burn ward <laughs> Sorry, I'm making another revolver. So as I talk said, us through, talk us through the recipe, please. All right. So as I said, it's Maker's Mark, Orange Bitters, and Kahlua. Uh, the way I'm doing it is I'm doing three ounces of Maker's, and I bought three nips of Kahlua. And I only did about a quarter of the nip the first go around. So I'm going to do, um, we got like half a nip left. Yeah, I got half the nip left, so I'm gonna do maybe three quarters of that. Darken the darken it up a little bit. There we go. It's nice and dark now. And you can add an orange uh, peel. The recipe says you can express the orange as you as you uh, burn it, and the, the oil catch fire, as Joe found out. So yeah, we're mixing it up now. So this yeah, is a nice little find. It's a good drink. Yeah, it's not bad. I liked it. I immediately loved it. And I, considering that we've moved away, I've moved away from Maker's Mark and gotten to try other bourbons. Oh, I went too much Kahlua on that one. So, um. Maker's Mark is still a great bourbon. It is, I guess. I, I don't really care for it as much as I did in the beginning. It tastes a little too grassy to me. It tastes kind of smooth and buttery, really. Child in the background, I'm waving. Mm. <laughs> it's a good drink. Spring is here. We're looking for some nice cocktails to have out by the barbecue. Yeah, I've just yeah. I've decided I'm not going to get a smoker. No, why not? No, well because it's done too well by too many others, and I I gotta forge my own path. I think I'm gonna get a flat top grill. No, get a smoker because it's fun. Because you know me, me and the others, we go back and forth with who who makes the better brisket, the better ribs, and then what you end up with is a boys' night, and everybody brings something they smoked, and there's a ton of food to choose from, and you can you can run, you can talk shit, you can enjoy yourselves, have a few drinks. Have a nice cigar, burn down the yard. I want the economy of a flat top. That way I can make my own steak and cheese subs and make a whole always, army of hamburgers. 
You could always just buy a flat top to put on top of the grill. Yeah, like a cast iron. Yeah, I have that. I want to get a pig roaster. <laughs> They're only about 400 bucks on, uh, on Amazon. Do that right in the front yard. and <laughs> That's all I have. All of, a sudden you, all of a sudden, you'll have some phone calls. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? These people will be out, be over here with their hands out. When I when when COVID was a thing in 2020, my my company shut down for six weeks. The outdoor, they were doing the, the sidewalks on the street. If you remember, on this whole uh, yeah. Broadway here, yeah. And um, they, I would be out there like seven in the morning. And I couldn't go to work, so I'd have a pork butt on the on the smoker, and I was learning how to use it. And, and the 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 pavers, whatever you want to call them. The Masons, they'd they'd stop and they'd come over and they'd shoot the shit with me and I'm like, shouldn't you be working? The hell, this isn't break time. The guy's like, oh, we'll be back for lunch. I go, I'll be uh, you you. I won't be sharing. Yeah, no, thank you. Can you imagine though being at work and some jackass is making two racks of ribs and a pork butt right in front of you? (laughs) (laughs) I should have sold it. Yeah. Oh, I could have. Yeah, you should have sold it curbside. Yeah, I know. Should have. Part of me had a mental image of like a lemonade stand, but instead it said uh, barbecue pit. <laughs> so I think we should do some videos this summer. What do you think? Definitely. Show people out there how to make a steak. Make a steak? Yeah. I feel like I could do... I could do hibachi. I could do fried rice. I could do some nice steak. I think I can probably manage some of the theatrics too. Maybe landing a shrimp tail on my hat or something. <laughs> At the very Why least, not? Landing a shrimp tail in the in the neighbor's gutters. I just want to be able to have a barbecue and have people entertained and fed at the same time. Could always have a bare knuckle boxing ring. Backyard boxing. <laughs> So I've made it to the gym an entire about two weeks straight now. Excellent work. Yes, I'm feeling like my old self again. Really, is some amazing. of us have to catch. Some of us have to catch up to that. Yeah, it's crazy though how how good you can feel again. Like I was, it's taken me out of my shitty, shitty moods. Feel better. Feel stronger again. I mean, it's only been two weeks, but I never really stopped going. It was just I'd make it two days a week, maybe out of the six days that I used to do, and. You know, yesterday, like my going out clothes, like, you know, we went to your daughter's birthday. Yeah. My clothes were fitting me normal again. I didn't feel like I was squeezing into jeans. I didn't feel like I was squeezing into a t-shirt. It's all the weight I lost. I ended up buying new clothes that fit my new look and I was fattening myself out of them. Yeah, that would be an expensive proposition having to replace your wardrobe. Yeah, I was actually listening to Tom Segura talk about his wardrobe and he goes to a tailor now. And uh, he he says that all men wear their pants wrong if they're not tailored. Oh yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, like guys don't buy pants that fit correctly, so that's why they're always bunching around your ankles, or you feel like you got to drill more holes in your belt, like I usually do. Yeah. Use a punch set. You don't no, drill no. the hole. You go get a punch set from Harbor Freight. You put it down on a solid piece of wood, and you bash out a hole with a hammer. No, I just grab a wood. I would drill bit and fucking put it right through the belt. <laughs> if you use a punch set, you whack it with the punch set. It makes a nice neat hole. 
what is a real bit? <laughs> a little ragged, I suppose. If somebody stared at my belt, at, my, at the holes I made in my belt, you've got a, a either a meat gazer. I just have a meat gazer. Somebody's staring at your belt buckle. What's the problem? Yep, you don't want you don't that. Want you don't want a locker room looker on your belt. <laughs> no, sir. So many of those at the locker room. This revolver is a fine cocktail. Sure is. We should try the uh, the gunslinger next. Yeah, that recipe. What what did it say? Something out of black tea. Is that what it said? I don't. I don't want any tea in my drink. Yeah, I don't know. Too many weird. Too many weird additions to bourbon. I think. I really wanted to like this cocktail. I don't feel like I'm swayed. I feel like it is a good cocktail, but yeah. I really wanted to like it because it was really cool name. Yeah, it's true. You have a revolver, though, don't you? I do. Is it the 357 or a 32? 357, but it'll also shoot 38. It's a Ruger SPS 101 stainless steel. Very nice. I want to get the dirty Harry one. I want to get the hand cannon, the chrome plated hand cannon with the brown with the brown uh, handle. Mine has a uh, mine has a brown handle, but it has a uh, like a a black grip around the handle. Oh, I got the longer barrel. Mine's not like a carry version. The dirty Harry gun's a forty four magnum. Three fifty seven is good enough. Oh. <clears throat> Well, she can kill something with it. <laughs> I think you could take a bear down with it. That's good enough for me. Well, now we got to put that to the test on film or on video. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the last thing they ever find of us. <laughs> Joe, shoot the bear! <laughs> shoot the bear! I did. Fuck. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think in a panic situation I've received the training to be able to hit that shot. <laughs> what if we catch the bear by surprise? <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> you know, Daddy? I've known you forever. We're going on 32 years of knowing each other. Yes. And don't take this the wrong way. I never, when we were teenagers, I never saw you being a dad. <laughs> what brought that change on other than having the child? <laughs> well, having a child does make you a, uh, uh, it makes you a father, I would say, but I don't know if it makes you a dad. See, being a dad means that you're involved and you're taking interest in the raising of your child, that you've, that you've taught your child something. I mean, you're raising but, it pretty well. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, you know, I think it all starts. You know, you have a, you have you and your wife, or you and your girlfriend, preferably your wife. But that's you decide. <laughs> you decide. Hey, what are you going to say? They treat you better in the hospital. That's what I've heard. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. Um, it's a good decision to make. It's good. It's a. It's. It's good. You think you're going to lose your youth, but you really get to do all the stuff again. 
Then you get to go to the zoo again. You get to see it through their eyes, and you get to see the sports. You get to see everything done again. But it's a good thing. Everyone should do it. Uh, yeah, but if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you do it? <laughs> well, the human race needs humans, as Elon Musk says. It doesn't work if we just end it here. Elon the Musk human race. Well, he's still got a lot of children, and he's the richest man in the world. I don't know if he's, he's eccentric, but... Yeah, but is he a I dad? He's involved with all those kids? <laughs> still, it's the human race. He's, he's continuing the human race. Mm. We still need humans for it. I don't think he's human. Not the way... His speech pattern is too robotic. I think he's an alien. The way he talks on Rogan, he's just very stilted. It's like... He might just be thinking about his next words. I don't know. He just doesn't seem too human to me. Probably. He's thinking of a lot of different things. He's got many different companies. True. I will tell you, when you go to the hospital, I, I went pre-COVID, but I, I feel bad for some of the parents that had to go to the hospital and to the delivery room during COVID because you couldn't leave your room. Yeah. I personally, we went there. And I was able to leave the room. They had a little room off to the side where they kept all the little peanut butter cups and all the orange juices and the, the cups with the little tinfoil tops. And, um, you know, anytime, you know, your wife and the baby fell asleep, I'd peruse down there, get myself some instant coffee packets, some juice cups, peanut butter and crackers. I have myself a little buffet. <laughs> there you go. You're having a good time. You're watching your child sleep. Hopefully your wife can get some sleep while she's there. Yeah, true. And and the food wasn't that bad either. The food was actually pretty good. You know And they give they give the, the mother and the father a dish and they give you food. It was pretty good. I've never had a problem with hospital food. Because even when you and I worked at the hospital there at, at horror show. The burgers yeah. and fries they made for us were always good. Yeah. Those fries, especially. That guy knew how to make fries. That He was a pervert. <laughs> My daughter was born March 31st. And it was uh, how uh, Easter was that weekend. So we actually left on Easter. And... Before we left, they said, well, the, the Easter meal is ready. Would you like to put in for your meal? And we got a slice of ham and a stuffed shell, and it really wasn't all that bad. I was having a good time. I would have stayed another day, even though I had to sleep on a strange pullout couch. <laughs> oh. That's good, though. I remember when my sister got her tonsils out, they brought in, they rolled in the Nintendo cart. We played Mario Kart all day. My parents were at the... They were at the house dealing with a burst sewage pipe in the basement. <laughs> Jesus. The nurse was Scottish, and she's like, where's your parents? I go, um, they're downstairs in the gift shop. They're trying to buy my sister a present. They've been down there an awful long time. They're very indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, you know, part of the law. My, we had, we had a television in the room, and right before my daughter was born, the, um, you know the the vacation movies with Chevy Chase. I'm listening. The newest, the newest vacation movie 
was playing and we were watching that. So every time that comes on, I remember that. So our uh, late our guest was uh, calling me. <laughs> He's now. Well, I've finished my first revolver. I'm on my second one. Got to make another. A very good cocktail. Very good cocktail. Yeah, it's not the best. I mean, it's definitely not a summer cocktail. I'd I'd reserve that for a mojito, <laughs> which we will make on stream. I I want to do more YouTube videos, but it would have to be all of us. I can't do another one where my wife is holding the phone and I make the face that I made when she when she gave. So when I said jigger, the jigger, the drink mixer, yes. my wife looked at me and I made a face while she was recording and that's the one that I used. <laughs> All right. Um, I think our guest has arrived. Well, I'm going to make myself another revolver since this is that episode. The revolver episode? And call it the revolver episode. Sounds good to me. I did finish off the art bag enough yesterday. So that will not make another appearance unless I do decide to purchase another bottle, which I may. But I still have quite a few things I want to get to first. I did open up the art bag tenure, which is a bit stronger than. Do you know a? I want to try those. They keep popping up on my Facebook, and it's, I follow a guy who um does a thing like a thing on on it on Instagram. Well, you could have had a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I know. We'll get together soon. I gotta get you in the gym though. Get you yeah. on the machine. Have you started using the rowing machine? You said that's a key to some superb fitness. Yeah, I've been using it every time. I use it as my warm up every fifth. I do about ten minutes, and by the end of the ten minutes, it's a hell of an endurance workout. And you wouldn't think so because you know I've got the uh, tendon issues thanks to my job. So I had to watch a YouTube video on the form, but once I nailed the that. The, the form where you engage the core and you, you, you properly go back to rest when you, when you pull. I've noticed a big difference in the last couple of weeks. Um, like I said, my clothes are fitting me better again. Uh, I'm back on my diet. The, I, had to, I had to change it up because for two years straight, from, my, from the minute I proposed to my wife up until the wedding, not only was I working out six days a week, I was only eating, and I mean only, just baked or grilled plain chicken and uh, sweet potatoes and brown rice. I was working out for an hour and a half to two hours a day. I shrunk. I mean, I, I shrunk to the point where I looked extremely, my skin looked baggy. And that's when I started to kind of add in the calories again. So <laughs> when, by the time I got married, I was, I, was, I, was, I was in a good place. It wasn't great. I still had this, the, the skinny fat going on. 
but that slim fit suit looked awesome. My clothes looked good. This year, I intend on making it down to 185. We did the keto. I lost 40 pounds in three months. Then I started just dieting correctly and, and lifting correctly, and uh, I lost the rest of the weight. You know, it sucks. And, and you look at the pictures of me at 300 pounds, and I'm like, how the hell did I ever get there? You know, I got down to 197. I maintained 200 for about a year and a half. I'm around 210 right now. I can tell. I can see it. I can. You can feel it when you, when you lose the weight and then, you gain it back. You can feel it and you can see it and you just you feel like shit for getting it, for going back there. And uh, I, I'm glad I got back in. I feel my mood has improved. But that also coincided with giving my my notice at the job that I was at. You see, know they they say that working out you know helps with anxiety and stress, but it, it's not for me. Because I knew what I was going to deal with the following day. Well, you know, when I had my daughter, I kind of just said goodbye to the gym. I figured I'd be home watching her and I would be going to work at night. And I said, all right, well, I'm not going to be getting to the gym. Now, I should have kept it and I should have at least went once a week. Because if I had gone at least once a week, you know, just gone to like at least a Planet Fitness or anything, then I would have at least had the mindset to keep going with it but that was a fault of mine so i didn't go as much as i should have and now i'm just trying to get prepared to get back into it and go and try and lose a little bit of weight that i gained and bad habits and i kept on eating the way i was when i was going to the gym and it didn't work out yeah no um Eating, eating is a big one. You know, the, the, di the diet is a big one. It's like I had to learn to eat correctly. I had to learn to eat correctly and, and adjust. So because right before I moved up to the city where I live now, I had gotten down on my own from the 300 to 225 and I stayed there. I, I, I spun my wheels. But I lived 30 seconds away from a cheesecake factory. So. You know, are you going to cook every night or DoorDash the easier of the things? And even I wasn't getting junk food from Cheesecake. My favorite dish by them is the spicy cashew chicken. It's just like a seared chicken with brown, I can, white or brown rice. I got brown rice. And uh, <clears throat> I, I was spinning my wheels at 225. It's when I met my wife. And within six months, she suggested we both got on keto, which people say is hard to maintain. and it really is unless you develop the kind of, I want to say, psychosis that I developed because I, I, I found something. Like I found, I found the key to losing the rest of the weight, and I just wanted – I had to. I was like a, an obsession. I had to get skinny. I've been a fucking chunky person my entire life. And then when I hit 300, it was a low point. I'm like, I can't believe it. These are the people that I've always made fun of. And now I'm one of them. I can't believe I'm that guy. So when I found the way down, I, I maintained it, but it also hurts your workouts. And there's ways around it. You can do it right. You can do a higher protein keto, which substitutes the lack of carbs. Because I was doing 30 grams of carbs or even, I think my app that I was using to track everything was set at 27. You can only maybe get like two sets of a workout in before you completely burn out and you're useless. 
And what I was finding is I'd stare off into space more often than not. Than not. It was really tough. Yeah. Once I, once I understood that, once I had done the research that keto is great for losing weight fast, but holding it off and maintaining and sticking to an exercise routine, you've got, you've got to adjust again. You can't do that. Some people might be able to. It wasn't for me. Because I like to drink. I enjoy sandwiches. I like corn chips. So what I was yes. doing when I was uh, maintaining the weight, once a week, my wife and I would go out for Mexican at this restaurant down the street, and I would eat two baskets of corn chips because they were made in house. And the rest of the week, I wouldn't touch any cobs again. I would work out till I burned out, and then we'd go back to the restaurant. And I'd fill up there and just cycle again. So you had something you would do, and it was part of a ritual. Yeah. Now, I burned out, though. After I got married, I burned out hard. I burned out really bad. Well, I don't get enough sleep during the week. I burn the candle at both ends. I work nights, and then I wake up early, take my daughter to school. And then I should be going to the gym a few days a week. But sometimes I get so tired that I can't manage it. I know I have to do a whole nother day. And it's just trying to get to the point where you have the free time. It's just it's close on the horizon. Now, what's the proper way to do the rows? You have to engage a core. So you've got to hang on a second. I thought. I was trying to unlock the chat to let so what's his face in so he could talk. So basically, you grab the bar and you push out with your legs till they're straight. You lean back at a forty-five degree angle. So when you lean back, you're pulling the cable, correct? Right? Yeah. So once you've leaned back at that forty-five degree angle, you pull back towards the bottom of your your pecs or your your rib cage, and then. You don't release because now you're making your arms work double time. You lean back forward, you slide in, and then you once you get to a your legs bending, you let go and you return to rest. And then you repeat. And oh, so you keep the bar at your chest, and then you then you basically retract your legs, and then you put the bar back and you start again. Right. So you have and to hold it, it to you. So you have to hold that. Yeah. Oh, but I very good. Unless I'm paying attention to my movements, my form, I often let go and I get super tired. My, my forearms are killing me because <laughs> I try to go for 15 minutes straight. I make it to about 10 and I'm a sweating, shaking mess. And then I go do my, my routine, whether it's chest day, back day, leg day. I can only really get about two good days of rowing for a warm up, And the third day I have to do something else. Hmm. And what would you do? What would you do after that? Just the uh, stationary bike or something? No, I go and I lift. So if it's back day, I go to the seated cable row and I do um. If it's my day one, so I do both workouts twice a week. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I do a day one chest and a day and a so Monday chest and a Thursday chest. Tuesday back, Friday back. And so, for the Friday back, I'll do three sets of my normal weight at twelve reps per set. Then I'll do another three sets on the cable row. I'll do another three sets on each machine. I'll do so it's two sets of each. So I'll do the normal 
set rep, 12, you know, three, three times 12, whatever you want to call it. And when I go to my drop sets, I end up putting it at the highest yet manageable weight where I can get at least between three to five reps. So the last time I did a drop set, I put the seated cable row at 230 pounds. I managed three reps out of that. Rest 20 seconds and I jump up to 180. I do five to eight reps, whatever I can manage again. Then I drop it down to an absurdly light rep, uh, light weight stack. And I do as many as I can while paying extreme attention to form, the mind-muscle connection, where if you're working on lats, you're feeling it in your lats. If you're working on biceps, you feel it only in your biceps. Because when you go, when you work out, you see the guys at the gym curling, they're throwing their back into it. They're like humping the bar off their hips. You've seen that. Yeah. yeah. They've, uh, they have a ridiculous amount of weight they can't handle, and they're throwing their hips into the end of the bar, and their whole body is moving, and they're really not accomplishing anything. It's, it's all about isolation. If you're working biceps, you should work your biceps. It's not a hip workout. It's not an ass workout. It's not a back workout. And the same goes for anything. Like You, you watch uh, Ronnie Coleman, the bodybuilder. That guy had the worst fucking form I've ever seen on anybody who looked like him. He's moving his neck. He's moving his legs. He's moving everything while he's throwing that weight up. And I get that he's throwing up an incredible amount of weight. But that's why the guy's walking on crutches now. That's why he's had neck surgery. They had to go in through his abdomen to fix his spine. These people get in their heads that, oh, I can lift X amount of weight. I'm superhuman. They're destroying their body. And it's like me. That's why I got surface tears on my uh, left rotator cuff because I was, I got cocky. I got stupid and I wasn't paying attention to form. I came down way too fast with 90 pound dumbbells on a flat bench and I felt the pop. I heard it. I have it on video. I, I saw myself getting hurt and I still did two more sets after that because I thought, Oh, I just strained something. No big deal. You know, and the it's folly like, of oh, you. Yeah. Or when I, um, Last summer, it's all, we're coming up on a year when I did my, my right forearm. You know, it, it stopped hurting, but I'm still afraid that it's going to happen again. I thought I tore a bicep. And my left arm is always, same with my left arm. I did that too. I was doing um, dumbbell skull crushers and my arm felt tight one day. I, I went straight up with it. Something in my arm popped and it hurt like hell. So it's all about form and and these are things you learn after you get hurt, usually. I've seen more and more people at the gym that have themselves videotaped. And I don't know why people bring in tripods and they're filming themselves. And it's something I haven't seen. I've been out of the gym for about three years, four years. And now it seems like everyone's an amateur videographer. Oh, yeah. I watched one guy. He set up, I was uh, doing an inclined barbell bench, and this schmuck set up his tripod where my feet were. And he, he hit record, and then he just looked for about a few minutes. He looked uncomfortable, mainly because I was staring at him like I was going to kill him. And then he <laughs> just started dancing to the music, like doing this like uncomfortable shimmy. And then he ended up packing up the tripod and just leaving. You, I think, oh my Lord. I think when you set up like that, you need to ask permission. You need to be cool with everybody around you being on video. You know what I mean? 
you got you should come to me and go hey man can i set this camera up near you i'm not filming you but you're going to be in the mirror it's going to see you it is the most obnoxious and self-serving bullshit i've ever seen the only people that should be setting up tripods to film themselves are the trainers themselves they work there and even then ask me ask me if you can set up the tripod near me because i don't want to be on video you know it's me after work i look like shit i don't want to be on an instagram video for the world to see well sometimes somebody will have it and you'll be in the background you won't realize it you'll get up you get your water out and all of a sudden you'll see there's a camera set up and you're like why when did that get there yeah and I even sometimes was... people take pictures in the locker room i can't even imagine it oh yeah there was a dude doing that he was in his fucking tidy whiteies flexing in the mirror i'm like bud I, I i'm thinking it i didn't say it i'm just like buddy you've got a back a blind man could read maybe chill out with the hgh I don't know. I don't know. I never did any online dating. I don't know if these pictures are necessary in today's world. Like you have to take them. Oh no, they hate the women. From my experience, when I used to do the online dating, the women hated the gym selfies. They hate the fish. They hate the guy holding the fish and they hate the gym selfies. They do want to see you in action. They want to make sure you have friends and a social life, but they don't want to see you bettering yourself or feeding yourself. (laughs) 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 They don't want to see the fish. They probably don't like the idea that you could catch your own food or you could work yourself into a stronger human being. Yeah, no, they want it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna make it more difficult for them to break you down. That's not gonna be helpful. Yeah, I think the one the ones that worked for me the best was I was in my mother's in ground pool and I had my sunglasses on and my hair looked cool. I'm just sitting there like taking this selfie from above, like, look at me. I've got excellent shoulders and a in ground pool. Yeah, and it's not your pool, right? You're like, oh, the only one who's ever been in that pool is my wife. Oh. <laughs> oh God! Thank God I missed all that. Ah, it was fun. <laughs> I met my wife early on. I'm glad. I'm happy it all worked out. But if if I was released back in the wild, I'd probably be a lion that got kicked to death by antelope. <laughs> 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 I think you'd do just fine. <laughs> your, daughter, your daughter is probably a girl, a, a lure. <laughs> oh, I can't believe the stuff that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> help me, help me. My daddy fell down and he can't get up. Where is he? On the ice. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I tell you, I'm working on having my own Mighty Ducks team. I'm getting there. One by one, I'm going to have a whole squad of children skating in the Flying V. <laughs> you got to talk to Jeff and see if you can get his kids in on it. <laughs> yeah, that would work out good. I'm telling you, I'm going to get it going. We're going to have a Flying V before you know it. That's it. I'm setting up a group text tonight. You can throw that in there. Hey, who wants to put their kids on my team? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be the Mighty Ducklets. And we're going to... And we're going to be on the ice, and we're also going to be on the rollerblades. We're going to go with the asphalt to the ice. Or the ice to the ass. Yeah. Maybe in my case. <laughs> you right. know, I'm cool enough to try it, but I'm not cool enough to try it without a helmet and, and elbow pads. The last time I was on rollerblades, I fell on my tailbone. I'm going to break into the Knob Creek nine year. Ah. <sighs> I can open it. It's got a wax seal. Do not let that wax confound you. Pull out your pocket knife. I don't have a pocket knife. See, I don't get that. Everybody should have a pocket knife. 
could stab somebody. Do you know what the absolute? Do you know what the absolute most essential pocket knife for every single man to have? It is a Swiss Army knife. I used to have one. You should have the Swiss Army Tinker. That's not the one with the wine fork. It's the one with the screwdriver. Because you're carrying a pocket tool to make things happen, not something that's going to open up a bottle of wine. Do you remember when we... Who could ever open a bottle of wine with that anyways? You're either going to hurt something in your elbow or you're going to whack the bottle of wine off a hard surface and have a broken bottle of wine. This Knob Creek is delicious. 100 proof, nine year, simply delicious. So you're giving a thumbs up to the Knob Creek? Oh my God, yeah, it's nice and smoky. I bought a pint because I didn't want to buy a full bottle in case I didn't like it. Turns out my truck has a more expensive drinking habit than I do. 140 bucks a week in that beast. Jesus. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Buy a more economical vehicle and drive that to work every day. Never. (laughs) I love that fucking thing. It's not his fault he drinks. See, I don't care about I don't care about vehicles that way. I just want to get to where I'm going and that's it. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just a poor investment. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. It's well, a tall it's, depreci- it's a depreciating investment. Okay, I'll give you that. But I have to keep this thing for the next 10 years. That is a good that is a good rule of thumb to try to keep a vehicle for at least 10 years. Get my I always try to do that. Funny enough, my last vehicle that I had, um, I was in a gas station and and someone actually put their vehicle in reverse, a truck, and they reversed up onto the hood of my of my sedan. <laughs> and since <clears throat> and since and since it was since it was about 10 years old they totaled it but i swear i could have gotten at least 12 or 13 years out of that vehicle my daughter just took my pencil she lost it and she brought me a purple crayon to replace it and she shook her head like this is the same. Ah. Are we still live? Are we still on the air? Yeah, we are. I'm just trying to uh, get. I, I wonder if. I wonder if the revolver. I wonder if the orange peel is supposed to take on a char. I wasn't sure how much I should char it, or if it was going to combust. It's a good question. Mine has a light charring on it. I think I got this sorted. How long have we even been going? Timer. Thirty-one minutes. So he's got twenty minutes. If he can make it into this channel, he can. He's got twenty-one minutes to plug his card business, or we have to try this again in two weeks. 
This is a yeah, nice that's right. finish. Next next weekend is Easter. What do you what do you think you should be drinking on Easter? I don't know. My wife wants to go to a casino. Go to a casino? Yeah, my mom's down in Florida and my family's like weird. Going to a casino is actually for when you're angry at your family and you walk out and you leave them. All right. I in fact did that one year. <laughs> Before I was married, I, I heard some arguing, some grumblings going on, and I just left and went to the casino and had my meal. But you have. I went down to Twin River and I just went down there to a restaurant and hung out at the casino, smoked a cigar, had a couple of drinks, and then I went back home. Easter oh, was over. <laughs> See, I wish I could have had a cigar at the last casino. The last time I went to a casino, so I'm not counting my anniversary. We went to the one up in Hampton. Funny story. So we had spent the day at the beach, and then second half of the day was the casino. We went in with our beach clothes on. My wife was in a bikini top. This fucking redneck Jonah Hill lookalike is staring at my wife in her bikini top. I'm <laughs> staring at him. Like, I made direct eye contact with him. He looks at me, and I just shook my head. No, he nodded back to what he was doing. <laughs> oh, that'll work. I'm fucking. Listen, I'm not tooting my own horn for the sake of it. I'm scary looking. <laughs> Certainly. You've got a guy that's halfway to a muscle down. A successful man's look is a uh, look by how dangerous he could be. What did Steve say earlier to me? Um. Angry, sharp, green eyes. <laughs> but, I mean, look, we're all men. I understand that I'm not, I am not a jealous guy. <clears throat> I'm not threatened by any man out there. I'm really not. Um, what just happened? I'm not threatened by anybody. I'm really not. And I've never have been. It's, it's just funny when some people... Do that. Um, sorry, I'm. Uh, I think Tommy made it in. Well, that's why I always carry a rape whistle. You never know what kind of trouble you get into. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no. I. I've. We've always had that look to us, you and I, at least. Oh, going we've always, always been tall. We've always been tall. We've always been broad. But we've also always had that look that people said that we had. If you remember, we looked like we they they compared us. So we were in high school after Columbine. They always compared <laughs> me and you to the two guys that would commit a Columbine. Do, I, hot topic has turned into an awful storm. Oh my god! I, yeah. I think people wear like shirts with anime characters on them. I don't think people really wear band shirts unless they got them at Kohl's. And I don't know if people are even listening to hard rock or heavy metal anymore. No, now it's just cool to wear the shirt. <clears throat> my um, my Injustice for All T-shirt I got it at Kohl's. 
Yeah. We, we never went to Hot Topic for the band shirts. We went for the weird shirts. Like I had my insane, my uh, insane asylum inmate shirt that I wore with my orange pants and white sneakers. I was in geometry class before I knew who Nick was. And I was wearing my inmate shirt. I was wearing all orange with white shoes when I had dyed my hair, when I bleached my hair blonde. Remember that? Yeah. And I used to use the colored gels. And I was listening to, I remember vividly, I was listening to Disturbed and the geometry teacher who was uh, that kooky guy, um, Tafuni, if you remember him. You know, I don't hardly remember anything from school or he, even if I learned anything there. I realize now he recycled Roddy Dangerfield jokes. It's good he, practice for kids that probably don't even know what he was talking about. Well, yeah, because he says, uh, I remember him saying, my wife and I have a great marriage. I live in one house and she lives in another. And I was like, ah, I get it. <laughs> I walked out of class one day and he says to me, he goes, I have my headphones on, as we often did. He's like, you were taking notes, but you had your headphones on. What are you listening to? And I said, disturbed. He said, I didn't ask about your mental state. I want to know what you're listening to. <laughs> Sorry, it was a dad joke, but he was a cool guy. He was an all right teacher. He didn't bust balls. You could sit there all day long and do nothing. Nick was in the class too, but I had no idea who he was at the time because he was wearing his whole, uh, he, I think his mother dressed him that day. <clears throat> You remember, you remember when Kmart was a thing? It was yes. The worst the store in the world. And you'd go into there and you'd say, no, 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 please, God, no, I don't want that. <laughs> and eventually you'd walk out and your mother's like, this is what you're wearing. Yeah. I remember that up until my father extorted an unholy amount of money from the company he worked for. And then suddenly I could shop at the Gap and Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he mixed the two styles. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Yeah, my dad was a heavy equipment operator. And he was being underpaid because he was an immigrant. <clears throat> he went union. He realized at, in the union he was making less money. So his boss wanted him back. Because my dad can drive an excavator. He can drive a front loader. He can drive a bulldozer. He can drive a backhoe. He can drive the 18-wheeler. He can drive all the wheelers. Yes. If it has wheels on it. My dad drives it. If it has a fucking, if it can dig up the ground, my dad can do it blindfolded. My dad and I don't get along. We don't talk about much. We have nothing in common other than we're both in, we're, he was in construction on roads. I'm in construction on the on infrastructure. But that man, if it had wheels, he was a fucking ace. So his boss wanted him back because my dad was doing the work of ten men. My dad went back to work for me. He goes, I want health insurance. I want vacation time. I want a raise. He wanted everything. They gave it to him, went back. And that's when things for me got better. That's when I don't have to buy the Payless shoes or the hand-me-downs. And I got a PlayStation three, four years too late. But I had a PlayStation. <laughs> I remember I got a Nintendo and I got it taken away because we would get so into it that my mother didn't like the idea that we were jumping around and we didn't want to share and we got this cool new toy and then all of a sudden we got it taken away yeah i got a, i got a playstation later too i had a genesis did my mother had to use my grandmother's senior citizen discount to get it and it came with sonic the hedgehog 2 and when i said to my mom i go i hate this game i want another tape she goes put one of the tapes you have in there i go i don't have any of the tapes she grabbed the whole movie she goes you can't play on this <laughs> 
I was like, listen here, lady. You're only 40 years old. You should know better. <laughs> my my dad, my dad, for all his faults, understood. And he took my cousin Tony to the game to Best Buy or whatever it was, Leechmere's. And they came back with three or four games. It still sucked, but I had games to play. You remember you and I, we'd walk to the video, the, the video rental store and we would rent a video game. Yep. It and was it probably sucked. it was probably a ten minute walk. We'd walk back to your house. All of a sudden the game wouldn't play. We'd have to walk back. Mm-hmm. And we'd say, This game doesn't work. We'd get something else. We'd get back. Like, this game sucks. We'd walk back and be like, This game doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> You know what made those walks we even just worse? something else. You know what made those walks even worse? All the fucking shit we would wear. The chains, the fucking cuffs, the dragging jeans. All the shit we wore, all the all the all the heavy metal fucking costume shit that we would wear on a 90 degree day. <laughs> It was fun at the time, you know. I don't. We were like just cool enough to try to go for the look, but we weren't athletic enough to actually have skateboards. I had a skateboard. I just kept falling. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never tried one. I. Do you remember when I went to Florida? Two thousand two, after I got kicked out of school. I think so. I bought a skateboard down there. I bought a real skateboard. Not the shit you bought up here at Sports Authority. The yeah. minute I got home, I got out of the car. I started skating around. I took a sharp turn. I didn't lean into it. I leaned away. The board went one direction. I went the other way. I landed on my right elbow. And for a week and a half, I couldn't straighten up my arm. <laughs> and then... Uh, what you want. That... Jeff guy that I don't talk to anymore because all he does is hit me up for money. Took it for a week, came back, and the thing was demolished. I was like, what'd you do? Well, I used it at a skate park and I got around Boston on it. I go, right. Why are the ends chipped? Like, you fucking hit somebody with it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he, I did. Did. he did. He said it. He was because I did. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I'm so glad I don't talk to that joker anymore. It was a strange, strange time. time. Yeah, sure it was. You know, somebody's not a friend when they hit you up for money every three years. <laughs> no, certainly not. So uh, the Knob Creek was good. I just poured the Kahlua into it to make a revolver out of this. Revolvers for everybody. I do I feel do. like the revolver would be good with a little bullet. Oh, the bullet would probably make it fantastic. It's smoky. Do you have bullet? Yes, I do. Well, sir, I say put a bullet in your revolver. Might as well. I still have more orange, so why not? Well, that'd be a sacrilege not to use the orange. I asked you over text that I'm going to ask you on here because I want to get listener input if there are listeners out there. So on Instagram, on our whiskey podcast, Instagram, a purveyor of psilocybin mushrooms messaged me on there, messaged us really. And he asked us if we would like to microdose shrooms. 
<laughs> we have to do it because I'm not going to do it. No, no. I told. I said no. I said we're not into that. And he's like, oh, good. I'm like, no, man. You know, it's not like that. It's just <laughs> I'm. I'm afraid. I want to. I really do. I want to try it, but I'm afraid of it because I know my own imagination on a regular day is a frightening place to be. So I would hate to see what I see on shrooms. Well, I'm not going to try it. If you want to try it, that's your decision. Well, about 10 years ago, or even more, uh, two of our friends tried shrooms at a, at a house that was known as the party house of Salem, Mass. I had a mohawk at the time. Like I'd shaved, I'd shaved my head to the skin, except for a strip of hair that was spiked up. And one of our friends, the one who taught your daughter to stomp chalk Pokemon, yeah. started petting my head like a cat. And I go, dude, oh my Lord. I go, what are you doing? He was in the back seat. The other kid was in the front. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, why are you petting me? I'm not petting you. I'm petting the iguana sitting on the headrest. <laughs> You're petting my head, bud. We got back to Steve's house and it was about two in the morning. The streetlights were um, kind of intertwined with the, with the trees on the street. So the, the trees would cast shadows across the street. Like you'd have light, you'd have a shadow about maybe three, four feet wide, then more light, sort of like a canopy. Yep. And these two guys are jumping over the shadows, like running start from the light into the next light spot or stepping as far as they, like they're walking on the moon. So I say, what are you guys doing? And they're like, what are you talking about? There's holes in the ground. There's no holes in the ground. Those are, this is just shadows and trees. No, man, these are canyons. Look how far down you can see. There's something down there. And I'm sitting there saying, dude, there's nothing there. It's the ground. Just step on it. So I pushed one of them into the shadow and he started screaming. <laughs> so as I said, my imagination is a scary place on a regular day with no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing. I don't want to know what I'm going to see when I'm on them, but I want to try them. You need like a spotter. <laughs> yeah, you need a shot. You on you on something like that is going to be like spotting another man doing squats. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be prideful, and it's not going to be effective. I can squat up to two hundred and ninety-five pounds without a spotter. <laughs> We're going to have to get some of that paracord in case we have to tie you down. <laughs> I've been listening to too much Rogan, but anyway. So I want to talk to this guy some more. I want to see if he's like an expert in it. I want to talk to him. I want to get him on here and I want to talk to him about it because Rogan's had two people on now that have described who have talked about the research science is doing into these hallucinogens that they rewire or repair the brain. They create new neural paths and they give it to uh, people with dementia and, and uh, Alzheimer's and people with PTSD. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's interesting. If the only reason the government has outlawed this stuff is because maybe they can't tax it or they can't control it the way they want. As we see now with the internet, it's all about control. It's censorship and control. And there's those of us that have a brain in our heads that are saying, you're full of shit. That's not true. 
we want the truth. So I just wanted to get your opinion. You know, should I talk to the guy and say, hey, would you like to come on our show and talk about this stuff or not? It's interesting if they if it actually does help people. I wouldn't do it. I have enough neural pathways in my brain. Thank you very much. You didn't have a um, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Well. We so, separated um, at an early 20s. I went to the potty route. You went to the workforce. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to go to work. I knew there was only one way forward. It was not fun, but I had to do it. Well, if you're going to have a family, you make sure you, make, you work and you create a base. There's no way you can have a family if you don't work for it. No, that's true. I thought I'd be so, a famous musician. You still could. I'm almost 40. Well, you'll have to play on the weekends. <laughs> I'm looking at my guitar right now. It's in a box. <laughs> well, I'll talk to the man. I'm not going to do it, but I'll talk to the man on one condition. Yeah. You have to research the cooking and preparation of mushrooms sauteing them, a stuffed mushroom recipe. That way, I'll get something out of this. You'll get to have your interest, and we'll also learn about cooking mushrooms. I've been stuffing mushrooms since I was 14. I have a recipe right now. Then then save it, and we'll talk about the sauteing and stuffing of mushrooms. Sounds like a deal. I'm sending you a picture of some mushrooms I sauteed in cheese. Also, Bullet is by far far much better for the revolver cocktail than the maker's mark you can actually taste the strength of the bullet i was looking at the bull i was looking at the bottle of bullet today i actually i did four ounces of bourbon did one ounce of kalua four dash of bitters and then i did the orange peel and i put a flame to it I put a little bit of char on to the orange. Now, I don't know if it burnt it, because I don't taste any burnt to it, but definitely just a little bit of a char. And I'm also using my channel lock pliers made in the United States that I clean thoroughly before using them, but I did not feel like burning my thumb. Uh, check the text. It's a fine American-made tool. Aha, very nice. Thank you. Those mushrooms, we'll talk mushrooms all entirely. The mushroom episode is a go. Oh, hell yeah. It's going to be a lot of episodes. We're going to do a lot of stuff. It's just timing. I think from now on, we should start trying to plan episodes a couple weeks in advance. What do you think? Yeah, we have to get into some more. Um, we have to get into another Scotch episode. We got to try something a little interesting next time. Yeah, but I think, um, you know, as we've said, I think on episode two of the Famous Grouse episodes, we're all married. We all have wives. We all have kids. Sometimes we can get everybody who's involved with this on. Sometimes it's just me and Joe. I wanted to have a buddy of mine that trades and appraises baseball cards on here because I thought it would be cool to get him to plug his show and we can get on his Instagram. But a lot of people um, want to know what to do with their baseball cards now. Yeah, so, I mean, he's does in the stuff. future. Yeah. In the future, he was late, and um, I have my friend Steve. We had our friend Steve set up this Discord, so all the channels are locked, so he he can't get in. He's been texting me this whole time. He can't get in. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I tried unlocking it. 
But anyway, so Steve tried some peated Scotch whiskey. He told me not positive he liked it, but he did try it. He and didn't. Like it. He told me he didn't like it. <laughs> and if you don't like it, but at least you could put the notch on your belt and say you've had some peated whiskey. That's true. Um, yeah, I think we should definitely start doing planning these a couple of weeks out so we can start getting together. The weather's getting nicer. So for anyone who's listening, I know we've been teasing a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of this, that, and the next thing. The thing is, I live about 35 to 40 miles away from Joe and the rest of the guys that are involved with the show. So getting together is tough. We all have a busy life with schedule. Joe's a dad. Matt's a stepdad. Nick's a dad. Matt's got a job that's, you know, <laughs> not too popular citizenship. <laughs> you just, you just geographically live further away. Yeah, I live in another state almost. By the way, in in the, the um, Discord video, your biceps are looking good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Let's get you there. <laughs> How come when you're a dad, your calves grow and your biceps seem to be okay? You're picking That's up true. children and you're standing around a lot. That's true. I, I think in the future, though, we have to try some Highland Park. It's one of my favorite scotches. Well, and um, it, it's a good price point. It does have a little bit of a peated taste to it. And it's definitely something that's interesting. Absolutely. But I think the next one. So next weekend's Easter. Maybe the weekend after we get together. Should be stuck getting nice out. I mean, yesterday, last night was beautiful out. I took the dog out around um, six o'clock. It was beautiful out. Yeah. Um, really quick. So we ended up going to Cheesecake Factory for, for a quick bite. I knew it. Yeah. They sat us in those horrible fucking communal booths. You know what I'm talking about? No, I've only went there once. I haven't even gone again. So there's, um, they'll set you up on like these booths where you have to like sit next to other people. Oh, really? But you sit next to other people. And again, I'm not fat shaming people, but they sat us next. They sat a couple next to us where the husband had to have been at least 450 pounds wearing shorts. Cause he probably couldn't find pants to fit him. He's with a skinny girl who has an engagement ring on this dude's doing the right thing. At first he orders a sparkling, water with lemon the girl looks him dead in the eye because i was watching him out of the corner of my eye and she goes i'll have a pineapple cherry limeade with a side with a shot of tequila and the guy goes i thought we were trying to get in shape she goes you're trying to get in shape so i order i get the sesame spicy cashew chicken my wife gets the uh, thai lettuce wrap so whatever it is they come to order. The guy orders street corn with extra mayo. She orders fried <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Right? And then the waiter comes back and asks them, all right, what are your entrees? He goes, I'll have the double bacon bacon burger with extra fries. She's like not to be outdone. She goes, well, then I'll have. I forget what it was, but it was super like bad for you. You look at these people, and it's very obvious. Engagement ring. The, the, the wedding's coming up. One of them had the idea that we're going to get into some decent shape for the wedding. 
The minute she ordered that sugary fucking drink, the guy's like, well, the gloves are off. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good sign. Not a good sign. You can't make an agreement and a decision together before the wedding. Oh, no. They were fighting the whole time they were next to us. I can't believe that, though. You go to a restaurant. Now, all of a sudden, you're sitting with people. It's like when you go to like one of those Japanese steakhouses. You have to sit at the same table around the hibachi. And now you're sitting there with people. You're expected to have conversation and such. Now, some people are social butterflies in that way where they're going to have a very good time. But I don't know. I, I'd rather have a conversation with the person I went to the restaurant with. We usually go, if we go, there's one up in Salem. No, Plasta. We usually go with her friends. And the husbands are pretty cool, so I can get along with them. Usually we take up like about one side of the whole hibach. And, you know, nobody talks to me. I'm considered uncivilized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I only get along with one dude and right now they're on a they're on the outs. <laughs> well, I mean, I you eat with, with silverware or do you eat with your hands or they don't like to talk in a conversation. <laughs> I'm just you know what it is? I am I'm three years younger than my wife. So her friends are all three years older than me and their husbands are all least five to ten years older than me they got nothing to say to me what is it that you assure your wife you're not going to do when you leave the house you won't trade the family's riches for green <laughs> stock beans <laughs> so when i got my truck it took a couple of weeks to get the registration straightened out because of the yep. they flubbed the fought they flubbed the paperwork so i um i had to go when they finally called me i think it was like a, almost a month that i had the truck right yeah. I had to go up to the dealership and finally get my my inspection sticker and my registration and I was getting an oil change light way too soon. So I'm friends with the kid who sold me the truck. I've known him. He's uh friends with Steve's younger brother, so I used to pick on him. But as we got older, we all became friends as you often do. <clears throat> and my wife's like, "You're going to the dealership to do three things now." She's a very thorough person. I'm not talking shit. I am. I'm very immature. I'm very irresponsible. I, no, you know, I will not say I'm irresponsible. I'm very immature, and I'm. I've, I'm very forgetful. So she wanted to make sure that I was going to get the registration, get the sticker done, as if those weren't two givens, and have them reset the oil light for me, as if I couldn't do that on my own, which I can do most of. I can do most vehicle maintenance on my own, short of changing the spark plugs. I can do everything else on my own. Brakes, tires, rotors, almost anything that doesn't involve having a fully stocked garage. So when I was driving up there, she goes, what are the three things you're going to do? I said, I'm not going to sell the family cow for a pile of magic beans. I'm not going to talk to strangers who have a long coat on. And I'm not <laughs> going to go home with any half-naked women. And she got... She got pissed. And I said, well, you think I'm retarded. You might as well see if you can get money for me. <laughs> get paid to take care of me. And she turns around and goes and says, "I what if I could? Because <laughs> she works with the challenged. And, you know, if you have one living in your house, you can get paid to take care of them. I think it's fantastic if you just use that on your wife. You say, I traded the family cow for magic beans but don't worry they're gonna grow something fierce and we're gonna <laughs> enter a magical land 
But uh, don't worry, Mike Hattie was up. I'm going to outrun the giant, and I'm going to get his gold and climb on down the beanstalk bean. Right. Um, I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. When we left your um, your birthday party there, we drove by a Mini Cooper dealership. My wife goes, I can't believe there's a dealership for Mini Coopers. And I said, it's a niche market. And she says, what's that mean? You know, she's a, she's a good girl, runs her own business. She didn't understand what I was saying. I said, well, Mini Coopers appeal to a specific kind of douchebag. So she says, kind of like a lifted trail boss appeals to a certain kind of douchebag. I don't have any answers. Because you know what? When I drive home, whenever I see the same truck as mine, I look over and there's a fucking guy wearing Ray-Ban aviators with a beard and tattoos. And we both look at each other and give each other the like, hey, how's it going, Nod? Like, hey, nice truck. <laughs> see, I don't fit into that. I just have a regular Toyota sedan. Lame as can be. But I tell you, if you get a, if you buy a Mini Cooper, I'm pretty sure you get a pass to a music concert. And you get a stick of deodorant or something because it's probably the first you've ever had. I, if you drive a Mini Cooper, I don't suppose I don't think you listen to good music. Probably listen to Coldplay. You probably listen to like you probably go to like Fish concerts. <laughs> no, thank you. Nah, you know what though? I think I think what they appeal to is tuner people like you can customize them any way you want so i think that's what the appeal is i think they're actually uh they have bmw car parts in them so they look awkward and they're probably also very difficult to get parts for probably i know my father had a jaguar one of his friends made fun of him for getting it because um he said to my dad he goes you spent 30 grand on a 10 year old car that's like taking care of a retarded child (laughs) (laughs) and my dad pointed at me and says well he drives a mustang and his friend who was off the boat italian goes at least it's an american-made car (laughs) people are still buying jaguars huh because the only people i've seen are are older italian people that buy a jaguar oh i saw a young guy like one of a guy in our age group almost hit me head on on a jaguar yesterday good lord I think when you drive a luxury car, you're just a piece of shit. You you think the road belongs to you. So you think that you can just drive however you want. Well, I'll tell you something. You fucking little sports car BMW Mercedes driving people. Those of us that drive lifted trucks will fucking run you over. Simple as that. I made a BMW get the fuck out of the way a few weeks back. There's plenty of potholes to make them have to think twice about their life decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I bought a car that costs as much as a down payment on a house. <laughs> well, all right. we're over an hour. We're about an hour We've done it. We've done it. We've covered the Revolver. We give it a thumbs up. We tried it with two different bourbons, so I think we've done that due diligence. Yeah. Um, I'd like, I'm going to try it with some Wild Turkey 101 sometime. I was looking for that at the store. didn't have it. You go to a store that's basically a convenience mart, so you're not going to have a lot of stuff. I almost bought a fistful of bourbon. Is that a is that a brand? Yeah, they give you the Don't taste. You think the monkey bourbon. shoulder already got you with a hook? <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't grab it. It was a thirty dollar bottle, but I mean, we're doing we've done cheap whiskeys before. I figured, hey, thirty bucks is pretty good. 
if you want to, then you can put that on one of your opening the liquor cabinet episodes. Yeah, I'm not going to force you guys to buy it. <laughs> well, well, thanks for let's listening. sign off. I think we've done it. Yep. If there are listeners out there, because I have seen the numbers going up, you please follow us on Twitter at Whiskey Rocks Pod, on Instagram at the underscore whiskey, W H I S K Y underscore rocks underscore podcast. Uh, please listen to us on Spotify so I can check those numbers out. If we get to 100 listeners, we can start to add ambassador ads and monetize the show. We don't get paid to do this. We're doing it for fun right now. It would be cool to um, make a little bit of income to put towards what we drink here. If you are not one of our friends who listens to the show, please subscri- uh, find a way to subscribe. Help us, Help us out. Tell us what you want us to try. If there's a whiskey that you want to try that you're on the fence about, we'll try it for you and we'll we'll give an honest review. We're trying to get better at this. Like I said, like we've always continuously said, we're just a bunch of blue collar guys. We're friends. Sometimes some guys can get on, some guys can't get on. But um, we appreciate anyone who does listen. Thank you. Because I know some of these episodes are hard to listen to sometimes. You know, we start to get into the booze. We get a little out there. And if you are listening, thank you so much. I'm Carlo, and this has been the Whiskey Rocks Podcast.